Welcome to The Whiny Entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Shelby Varghese and Danielle Moore. If there was one thing when I started my business that I wish I would have known, it is how to create a lead generator. Because those first months and that first year of business, that was the hardest thing was how do you get people interested in what you're offering? And I mean, sales, sales is a whole other game that we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. However, this week we're talking about leads. And if I had to think about it, it would be, I wish that I had that lead generator so that A, I could sort of generate the interest in the services and B, if someone kind of came in as a warm lead, I could give them something to grasp onto, right? Mm -hmm. And some idea of what they were going to get. But honestly, at that point in the business, I didn't even know what a lead generator was. I didn't know you needed one. I mean, we were both starting very, very fresh. So that's the one thing that I wish I would have known starting out the business. Shelby, what do you wish you had known? I wish I would have known, hmm, I almost wish I would have known how to, how to talk about my business. And I, I did join, which is how we met, I did join a networking group early in my business, which really helped, but it's almost like I didn't give myself permission to feel confident about what I was selling. And I wish I would have understood it as it's not that I'm selling something. It's I'm giving people an opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, when you got bills to pay and you're like, okay, I have this new business. I have bills to pay. How do I find the people? Mm. How do I get in those leads? And then I had no clue about thinking about like, kind of like what you said, how, how do I take those leads and then turn them into customers? Exactly. And how do I talk about it? How do I show that passion? Because inside I'm like a nervous wreck. And yeah. I remember, I can't even remember where I heard it. However, I, I heard this thing about how often we can talk someone out of using our services. Oh yeah. You yes. know, you have this great lead and they're bought in and they yeah. want to work with you and all of that. And then it's like, I just have this like verbal diarrhea and I convince them not to. I, I did that last week. Oh, <laughs> okay. So that's not even just a newbie thing. That, oh, no. yeah. that is, that is, I mean, it's self-sabotage, right? It's always there a little bit. So that's where, that's where some of the messaging, I think, and like almost scripting of what your messaging is can really help you with bringing in leads and actually having them convert eventually into clients mm -hmm. and understanding that. I mean, understanding that from the beginning is difficult because you're not necessarily going to know your messaging right away and it's going to evolve over time. And I think that's the tough part, right? And it's easy to feel like you're almost handcuffed because like you want these people to come in, but you're not confident about your messaging. You don't know what to give them. And like, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a tough yeah. place to be. And 
you have this constant thinking, if I could just get one more client in the door, I could do this or it'll yeah. give me enough money to do something else yeah. or like all of those. Every client makes a big difference in the beginning. And yeah, the tough thing is figuring out how to bring them in and then just, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. When you start out, you have this, especially when you start out, I won't say just when you start out, but when you start out, you have this idea of, I need to give something for free. I need to give discounts. Whereas taking the lead generator mentality is almost taking the give something as a bonus, give some added value, show people that they have a problem, show people that they can solve it and that your services are going to help them do that. Your products or services are going to help them, you know, move forward and resolve this issue that they have. And that's, that's so tough because when you are starting out, yeah, it's just, oh, okay, well I'll do that for cheaper or, you know, I'll just throw that in as a bonus or sorry, not throw that in as a bonus, but I'll do that for free. Whereas throwing it in as a bonus is a different mindset. Totally. You know, in this, in this program, I think I've talked a little bit about that I'm currently doing or that I've currently signed up for. That's one thing I'm learning is, is making it about helping people understand why this would make their life better. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are the people, you know, when we think about the services that we provide, those are the people that we want to talk to is we want to help them understand how it's going to make their life better. And truthfully, some of my clients that have come in say it way better than I do. Yes. Which, which is an important thing. I think when it comes to generating leads is having those testimonials under your belt because, and for two reasons, first it gives you credibility when you're still building credibility, really. So you know, your first couple clients, if you have a couple of really good testimonials, it doesn't even have to be clients, could be people you have worked with in the past, like your colleagues from a previous job who have endless confidence in you because they know you and they know how hard you work and they know that you know your stuff. And having those built up will help someone else trust you. And then on top of that, it also builds your confidence because those first couple of testimonials that I got I realized, I kind of came to that realization that, yeah, I'm helping people. I'm not just selling things. I'm not trying to make money off people. I am building a business that is going to help people and their businesses in the long term. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know, when we think about creating a lead, however we create it, and we'll talk about the different ways we've we've found in our businesses that generate the the most leads for us. But when we think about creating a lead, it's those, <laughs> it's those daily habits that we do. And we've been talking about this a lot is it's those things that you do mm-hmm. every day that can lead into being ready when a lead comes, when you find that person that is wanting to work with you. Mm-hmm. And it's those things that you do every day. And I think that, if I think about early in my business, I was so nervous mm-hmm. about talking to anybody, about telling them about my business, about taking someone who's interested and having that confidence to be able to say, yes, this is. And I know not everyone has that hang up, but I did. 
And, and it created so much angst in me mm. to have those conversations. But the more time goes on. So if you're early in your business and you're feeling like I did, it's, and I think you likely felt a little bit of that as well, Danielle, you have that once you've had a few of those clients under your belt, you can go back to your reviews and remind yourself of the amazing work that you've done. Exactly. I think it, it builds that confidence and it can, you know, when we think about one thing leads to another, well, the more work you do, even if it seems like it's not leading anywhere, eventually it will lead mm-hmm. somewhere. And I would say the one thing that I've learned more than anything from launching the book which is another lesson that I wish I had known when I started. And again, it's a, it's a lot of times it's confidence in the beginning that really stops you up from getting those leads. However, the one thing that I've learned the most over the past month is that you have to hit people over the head with your message so many times that you feel like you feel like people are going to start banging on your door and being like, shut up, (laughs) just shut up already. But it's incredible because, you know, I would put a post on social media and someone who hadn't somehow hadn't seen all of my 10,000 posts about the book before would suddenly be like, that's great. I want to pre-order a book. Or, you know, I put out a a newsletter to my clients just to let them know, you know, Fine Point published this book and, and Danielle was the one who wrote it. And all of a sudden it's like all of these people who are like, oh, amazing. I had no idea. And I'm like, how do you not know? I have been talking about this nonstop. So that's another thing I think is that you can't, you can't tell people enough. I also still have like family members and like friends who don't understand that I own a business. At least they still don't know. They ask me what I do for work. And, and it's like, how do you not know after five years of me talking about this, that I, I do that. And so you have to just be willing to pretty much push that message out every single day, whether it's social media, it's newsletters, all of your marketing, networking, just talking to friends and family about it, telling the random stranger at the retail store you're at. That's the biggest way I think that you can generate leads is just by opening yourself up to those opportunities and not letting your sense of oh my gosh, I'm so annoying by talking about this all the time, get in the way of it. I think that's really well put. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you just told a really good story. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) And I think your hard work, when you think about it, your when you had your launch, even during a time when things were locking down because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you had a hundred people there. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. It is incredible. And I think that that's a really good showcase of when you continually talk about it and share and believe in it. And I know you had that light under your fire under your 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 bum about like I have bills to pay I need to make sure this is successful I am going to do everything I need to do to make this successful and that's good because I think what you are offering out there it deserves to be heard yeah and I you know my my copywriter Natalie shared and I I'm I'm not going to be able to attribute it properly and I apologize so I'll look it up after but she heard 
on a course that she was taking, someone said something about your mantra should be, I have a responsibility to share my great work with the world. And that for me, I was like, okay, yes, yes. I am responsible. It's not just like, okay, like I hope people read the book. No, like I'm responsible for getting it out there. And if it doesn't get out there, that's on me. And people need to hear it. People need to read it. People need to be engaged with it. People want that. They do. And, And the reviews that I've gotten so far from the people who have read it have been fantastic and have now reinforced that it's okay for me to push it, right? Okay, so we've had different ways that's been successful when we think about leads mm-hmm. is we've both tried a lot of things mm-hmm. we've both worked at it you know tested out different things over the years and not that only you can have multiple things that work yeah but we've both had different things that are the most successful mm-hmm. what was yours referrals mm-hmm. yeah referrals for me are the biggest driver of business in fine point for the, for my services. And that was kind of where I built the business because of the networking group that I was in. And I'm still seeing just huge outcomes, even from, you know, five years ago, the networking meetings that I attended. So it's, it's reverberated a lot. And the more I continue to network, the more effective it is. And the more, you know, I'm getting referrals from referrals from referrals. So for me, that has been the most effective. And I think it's kind of ironic because my entire business is about generating online leads and then converting them into clients, right? Like SEO blogging and then website content. This is what helps a lot of businesses bring in those qualified leads and then convert them to clients. But for me, it has not worked that way. So I always think that's a little bit funny because, you know, that's that's basically what I'm helping people with. And then, yeah, that's not how my business, business operates. But I know that it has been different for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a little bit different. And it's interesting because I, I love metrics. This mm-hmm. is like the math person in me, the numbers person in me. Yes. I, at one point in my life, wanted to be an accountant, even though... I know it's a good thing I'm not. However, I still love numbers and I love that analysis. And I started from the first year of my business. So if there's one tip I can give, look at the numbers, keep track. And I looked at where most of my clients came from in the first year, 50% were from online, which Mm. is wild. That is wild, especially for your first year. And I've continued to keep track of that. And even to this day, Google and online searches is where I find the most mm-hmm. the, the most leads yep. and where most of my clients come from. I would say over 50% of them yeah. come from that. And I I do I don't do as regular blogging as I should. I do I do some blogging. I am fortunate in that I have there is competition out there. I don't have a ton of it. So it's not hard to land on the first page mm-hmm. of a Google search for, you know, wardrobe stylists in Edmonton or personal stylists in Edmonton. However, still making sure that my website has that wording there. Mm -hmm. And you've been a great help, Danielle, in terms of me thinking about SEO and and what I need to do for that. 
And, but it, at Google reviews, honestly, I think mm-hmm. that that has been a huge thing because people can see right away what it is that people are saying about me. And it's on yeah. Google. It's not even on my website. I mean, I have them on my website, but they're on Google, which is mm-hmm. to people, I think people look at it and they're like, okay, these are, are legit. Yeah. It's authority, right? It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, really backing up that credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So online, online has been one of my best things. And mm-hmm. networking has as well, different networking groups. I've had different success, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. some of them I've just had to come to the conclusion that that's not when I think about who my target audience is, some of them just that that's not yeah. the group and that's okay. I think it it's all groups serve a purpose and I think it's about testing them out and and looking at the numbers mm-hmm. because I have a networking group that I joined that was a fraction of the price of the original one I did and I have made probably like quadruple the money from it. Wow. Yeah. And that's okay. And I love that you're talking about tracking things because I'm the worst for tracking things. You, you know, you know, every time we post something on the whiny entrepreneurs, you know exactly how many people have looked at it. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And this is like how I live my life. Right. I'm not a numbers person, but I do like the idea of tracking it because yeah, you have to know what you're putting in and what you're getting out. And I mean, there's also, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, sometimes when you try something and you put all your effort in, it's still just not going to work for you. That's totally fine. But I think there's another part of this, which is also that you need to track what effort you're putting in as well. So, you know, with blog posts, with SEO blogging for clients, I can actually go in and look at the numbers and see that okay, over the six months of doing regular blog posts, we have increased traffic from X to Y. And seeing that is just such an affirmation that, okay, we are on the right track. We are doing something that is helping. And what is the next step that we can do? Like, do we need to do this more often? Do we need to now blog on a weekly basis instead of a monthly basis? And having that those metrics to back it up is what's going to help you down the road. So like, maybe it's not going to help you in the first two months, but if you start tracking in the first two months and you track through to your year one, by the end of year one, you're going to have a solid idea of what is and isn't working and where you can put your effort in. And I love how your business is so tangible. Like you can have those numbers. Yeah. Whereas for me, I can say, if you present yourself better, you will increase your profits. You will increase your what, whatever it is. You, you could get a new job. You could, mm-hmm. you know, make more money. You could feel more confident. But it's it doesn't have that same. It, it, it's an emotion, right? Yes. What I do is an emotion, yeah. and not everyone ties dressing better to gaining a new client or getting a promotion or anything. Some people do and some people recognize it, but not everyone does. So I don't have those same numbers to be able to say, except for studies. Like I Mm. I love, there's not a lot of studies out there, but there are some, which is fascinating, but I love how for you, Mm. you can take those metrics and those numbers and then you can go back to the client. Cause we've talked about this before. Your Mm. best 
the best way to, you know, gain more business is to go back to the clients you've already worked with because they're already bought in and you can say, Hey, here's what we've done. If we do a blog post every week, we're going to see this much more traffic and then you can even upsell. And I do not do enough of that. You know, five years in, here we are. And I'm like, yeah, I should still be doing that and doing case studies and using this data, right? So, yeah. I think, th- I think th- what that says is we're constantly learning. We're constantly oh, yeah. growing. We're cr- constantly evolving. Mm. You know, I one thing that I've been thinking a lot about in my business is the how do I... The clients I've worked with, many of them, I'm not serving them by not telling them what else they can do. And yes. we've talked about this before. Yes. Is is we're not serving them if we don't tell them what else we can do for them. Yeah. There are people who will come back to me and be like, oh, I had no idea you did that. I would have asked you to do that for me exactly. if you if I had known. And so, yeah lead generation is not just about new leads. It's about going back to people and saying, Hey, we just updated your website. Just so you know, if you want to increase visibility, you also need to work on your blogging. Right. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. It's not, yeah, it's, you can't view it as a sales pitch. You have to view it as adding value and adding something to their business, to their life. I have a great example of that too, is I have a client that I did a lot of work with And I said, well, hey, I have this thing called a style session where I'll go to your home, we'll put you in different outfits, I'll take pictures, and I'll put together a lookbook. Mm -hmm. So when you are feeling uninspired or you don't know what to put together, you can refer back to this. To me, it's a fairly simple thing. It's probably the funnest part of what I do, but I don't Mm -hmm. always talk about it. I don't always share it. That was the most, I mean, obviously there's a lot that was impactful, but he has said that has change the game for him yeah exactly well because people go shopping and then it's like but what do I do with these things (laughs) and for you again and this is the other thing is recognizing that for you it is obvious what Mm -hmm. you do for other people you have to hit them over the head with it and like not just not just that you have to you know volume of telling people but you have to be so clear about what you do I offer websites blogging branding packages, websites, blogging, branding packages, where, you know, like I just have to keep saying it over and over because otherwise, A, you're going to get people coming to you and saying, oh, well, I need a resume done. And it's like, okay, I don't do that. Or you're going to have people excluding themselves without even talking to you about it and saying, well, I need a blog post written, but I don't know. I think that a copywriter only works on websites. So I'm, you know, I won't ask Danielle about it. So Yeah, getting really super clear on that. And you know, Shelby, just further to what you were talking about, because we were talking about data and metrics and how important that is. And you were talking about how important it is for, or just how cool it is that I can measure metrics. But there's another component to it too. And we sort of already touched on this by talking about testimonials, which is the emotional part, right? Totally. There is such a huge emotional part. And if you can have your current or previous clients quantify the emotional impact that it has had if you can't get those data metrics numbers then you're still going to do just fine generating leads because you have identified the emotion and you've identified a problem and a solution and that is just you know that's just as compelling 
in terms of storytelling, right? I think that's almost more compelling. Yeah. Well, yes, I would agree. that's That's a really good point because people generally don't come to me because they're like, I just need new clothes. Mm-hmm. It, they're like, there, there's something, there's a disconnect there. And there's a story that they're telling themselves about what they're wearing. And they've come to the end of their rope. Some people, it's, I hate shopping. I'm tired of constantly going to the store and not knowing what to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's different, but it's, it's actually a lot less about the physical let's go shopping. It's more about the emotion around it. Yes, absolutely. So that's a very good point. It's it's the, the testimonials bringing that emotional part of the, the leads. And, and that's a big part of, of how, how we share our message about what we do and why we do it. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh, I love that. Yeah. And I mean... There are so many points in those first years of business where you have that, okay, I just need that next client. I just need that next client. And that's emotional in itself too, because sometimes you just hit, you just get stuck in a rut and, you know, suddenly business isn't coming in anymore and you think, oh, okay, well, that's it. Dried up, done. (laughs) And it's not always true. It's just that you need to start you know, doing those, getting back to those daily activities that are going to help you bring in the leads. Yeah. The daily activities. And we've been talking about this, our offline (laughs) is, is our mindset around it. Mm -hmm. And okay, here, here's, we're coming back full circle to what we started talking about. So we've talked about, you know, I need more leads. I need just one more client. How do we find it? The emotions that we feel that that moment when we start realizing what it is that works for us, how we get those leads and what we do with them when we Mm -hmm. figure out what works for us. And then we come back to the mindset. And if you start thinking, I don't have a viable business. I don't have any leads. I don't have anyone who wants to work with me. If you have that mindset, that's what's going to happen. Whereas have the mindset and you work on it every day. And trust me, like you have to work on it every day is start having that mindset of almost like even picturing all the clients that are coming, all the leads that are going to be coming Mm -hmm. and what you're going to do with them and how you're going to you know, lead them through your process and what you do and serve them, having that mentality and that mindset, I think will serve you way more than saying, having that stress and the stress is going to come there. It's always, but it's training yourself and having those daily practices of when that emotion's coming. I just had this yesterday where I had the emotions of, I can't do this. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And Mm. then it's like, okay, nope, we're going to come back. We're going to think about the mindset. What am I doing to serve the client? I am here for them. And Mm. as soon as I started coming back to that mindset, I was then able to calm myself down. So then when I am doing the work, it, it serves the, the client more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to start looking at it from a different perspective right off the bat. It, and I mean, yeah, confidence building, it's just an ongoing activity. You and I are both still working on it as we go along and how we've been at this for five years, you know? So 
And I'm pretty sure that 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, we'll still be, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, and I don't want that to sound daunting, but no. I think it's just to say that as we grow, we realize we still need to have that growth mindset. We still need to continue to ha- have that mindset and, and continue yeah. to challenge ourselves. And there's, there's an educational component to it as well, right? So you and I are both in Toastmasters. We've gained a lot of confidence, not just talking about our businesses, but just talking, you know, just speaking. I I don't know about you, but for me, it helped me. Toastmasters helped me a lot initially by helping me be more confident in a one-on-one session with a potential Mm -hmm. client and, you know, developing those sort of pitches, you know, having my um, networking pitches ready and just being able to speak with confidence about whatever it was that I was speaking about, including my business, even if, you know, there's some doubts or there's some hesitation or some anxiety. So Toastmasters is one way. I mean, that doesn't have to be what you choose. It can be a mastermind like what Shelby has started doing now, where she's learning tools, very specific tools that will help her get to the next level when it comes to bringing in new leads and then eventually converting them. It can be, you know, courses. It can be just continuously working on your messaging and your website and your lead generator, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's an ongoing process, but there are so many resources out there Mm -hmm. and it's really just a matter of staying the course. Yeah. I mean, and we did talk specifically about building lead generators in a past episode. So if you want to know more specifically around a lead generator that you put on your website, you can go back and listen to that. Yeah, that was one of our most popular episodes yeah. that we've ever released. So yeah. definitely a, check it out. I, I shouldn't say episodes. It was a series. I think there were two or three. Yeah. 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 And I it was, even for me, I should go back and listen mm-hmm. to it because I think... You know, you create a lead generator for one point, but then, you know, as you grow and change as a business, you need to think about a new lead generator based on the new knowledge that you that you gain. And so we've talked about leads in our next episode. We are going to get more specific on selling. So how do you actually sell? How do you change your mindset from it being selling to, you know, serving in terms of you know what? We have something to offer and we're going to dig into that a little bit more. So stay tuned. I love that. I know. Selling versus serving. That is like, that is the whole problem right there that most entrepreneurs face. Yeah. Is just, yeah, getting over that mindset. Yeah. And we have a really awesome guest that we are going to interview. Yeah, so stay tuned. And also keep listening for the wine that we've paired with this episode because you're going to want to hear all about that. Yes, absolutely. And join us for our Wine Entrepreneurs Live on Instagram every week where we will be actually sampling some of these wines. Yes. And you can sample along with us by, by visiting Vines. Yeah. In Edmonton. Yeah, be sure to visit them if you are in Edmonton or check them out online. Uh, they've been very good to us and helping us pair all the wine. So you can also download the wine list for this season 
Vines has, William from Vines has been so gracious to, to pair. So based on the topic that we're talking about, we've paired a wine. So it's really fascinating to hear what he has to say. So keep listening for that. Yes. We have a personal. Sommelier. Personal sommelier. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so great. All right. Amazing. Okay, we'll get out there, create some lead generators, do some networking, experiment. You can do it. We have all the faith in you. Yes, it's going to come. And we can say that five years in. Yeah. That it's coming. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Peace. Peace. So basically, in wine, okay, it's a bit more difficult than episode two. But, you know, the fact is always I say, well, one thing leads to another in wine. And you're looking at the complexity level of wine. Okay. And so, therefore, your first sip encourages another, then another, so the leads are continuous, okay? Not just for the purpose of drinking, but for the purpose of savoring all the elements the wine can and does offer, okay? So this one does exactly that, okay? It's one of the great finds of our store. One of our customer, one of our, our uh, staff members discovered it a few years ago, got me excited about the wine, so we hunted it. And we had this producer in at the store. And so this is the, it's an Italian wine this time around. So not a Spanish, but an Italian wine from the Abruzzo area. And the Abruzzo is mid-central Italy. And this is, the winery is called Maramiero. And it is a, uh, it's called Inferi. And as you can see by the label, the label is extremely unique because basically it is a, it depicts the Dante's Inferno, okay? And so it's a tribute to Dante Alighieri. The label is a scene of the Dante's uh, you know, Inferno in the Divine Paradise or Divine Comedy, okay? So this, what makes this complex, rich, okay? It's, for example, the uh, age of the vines themselves. Okay, so you need some good age of the wines. Vines, um, it's structure, full-bodied. The aging is at least 14 to 18 months in French and Slovenian oak cast, so that allows, it gives an extra dimension to the wine. Okay, and then, of course, it's a wine that goes extremely well with great foods. Okay, so you have game, you have beef, you have the wild mushrooms, the truffles, Okay, so these are all the things that go well. You want the food to enhance the wine. You want the wine to enhance the food. That is the primary goal of wine and food pairing. And so, therefore, you turn around and you say, this leads continuously, continuously, and continuously. And every sip gives you a new definition, a new meaning to the word wine. Okay, so that's this. Thanks everybody for stopping by. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at whinyentrepreneurs.com.